Welcome to Through the Water Cycle on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast that explores issues and opportunities water utilities have at every stage of the water cycle, from source and supply to discharge. This episode is part of a live series recorded at WEFTech 2019 in Chicago, where Xylem experts got together to discuss critical challenges, areas of focus, and current trends in the water utilities industry. Enjoy the show! All right, well, welcome. We are back at WEFTech 2019 in Chicago. We're recording live from the Beer Garden, which is sponsored by Xylem. We are Amanda and Griffin of Xylem, your co-hosts. We're joined today by Crystal Zaman and Daniel Barton, both of um, Xylem and kind of the flight brand more specifically, right? That's correct. Do you guys want to just um, give a real quick overview of what you do at Xylem? Yes, I am Crystal. Uh, I am responsible for flight product management for America's region. Mm -hmm. And that product management includes both pumps and controls products. Cool. Uh, And I'm Daniel Martin. I'm the new recent MNC monitoring and controls for flight uh, product manager for North America. Cool. Yeah, so we, on this podcast series, we're going to be trying to hit all of the main pillars that Xylon is really leading with at this show. And this one specifically, we're talking about operating strategy, costs, and labor. And we wanted to have you guys in because, you know, what role does monitoring and controls play in that overall pillar? You know, how does, that, how does monitoring and controls contribute to this overall idea of operating strategy? Cutting costs, I'm assuming. Efficiencies. Um, efficiencies. You know, how big of a role is monitoring and controls in that? I, I was just thinking about that, that actually the monitoring and control role is increasing mm-hmm. because of, you know, years ago, decades ago, the control systems were very basic. Pumps are turning on and off, and that's pretty much it. But now we are also finding more ways to monitor the equipment, and based on that monitor, you know, we are collecting some data. Based on that data, we can make some intelligent decisions. For example, you mentioned their energy savings, you know, operational strategy in general. I think it's a great topic because when we are talking about the life cycle cost of equipment, like it costs over time, any, you know, any savings we can do on a permanent basis, it will add up over the time. For example, in the pump world, we often talk about you know, running pumps on variable speed drives. And it's a common perception that you put pump on VFT, you will save energy. Guess what? It doesn't always work this way. You have to need, know a little bit more about the system. But, you know, using monitoring and control capabilities, we can find out what is the specific energy, like how much energy does it take for this pump to pump certain constant volume of liquid. And if we compare those values on different pump running speeds, we can actually determine what is the optimal speed to run the pumps that will save the most energy. And then, of course, there is always the option if there is a you know high flows or emergency situation, then it's just going to run at full speed and do what it needs to do to solve that emergency situation. But like that comes to my mind, like the first thing about the operational strategy that like previously, we didn't have access to that data. If you run bumps on and off, you don't know. But once we are getting more and more data, we can analyze it and we can see what the data tells us. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think that's like on my 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 mind is a big deal, and I think I see the monitoring and control influence will be bigger and bigger every year as we go forward. Crystal rocks. <laughs> that was Xylem CEO Patrick Decker making a guest appearance. Let me repeat, Crystal Rocks. <laughs> Good ad. Good ad from Patrick. So Daniel, you, you mentioned that you're new to this role. Yes. So are you new to this role or new to Xylem or both? I am new to this role. So okay. I've, I've been with Xylem for over five years now. I actually started in the uh, MNC application team. Okay. Uh, so that being designing for pump stations, looking at like how can we create solutions, whether that's efficiency, maybe that's hitting a flow point, something along those lines, even doing SCADA integration. And then uh, an opportunity came up. We looked at it, and I was like, this should be really good. This has been a need. And now I, uh, I work for Crystal as the product manager to grow this business even more, assist it, and even develop new strategies to okay. bring Xylem products together uh, okay. to make things more synergy. Sure. sure. Great. So where do you feel like, it's probably too general, but the market in general in terms of monitoring and control adoption, like are people starting to realize it as an, a, an essential piece of the puzzle or is it more, you're still in like the knowledge phase, like teaching people how important it is? I think we're moving past the knowledge phase or okay. the learning. I think integration and knowing about your system is becoming more key and important as days progress. And that's just because, you know, Crystal mentioned earlier, is like, you know, it used to just be go out there and turn a pump on and turn a pump off. Right. Well, now we're talking about like, well, that's costing me money. Like, how can I curve that, save time, save money, predictive maintenance, analytics, you know, maybe I don't need that big of a pump. Maybe I need something smaller. Uh, maybe I need something that could be interconnected to my phone so I can do stuff. I think that's software is going forward just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an ease of access as well. I think that's going to be a big player in any market going forward. Sure. So you're finding that customers are asking more for this right off the bat, or are you having to sort of introduce this as part of your process now? No, I think customers are asking more and more about it. You know, uh, can this product mesh with this system? Can it connect over here? I, I think that's a lot of discussions now for having that in the island. And if I can add here something that reminded me something that George Hawkins said when we introduced Concerter, that he he was emphasizing on like all companies and also municipalities utilities everyone has to do more with less resources and i think that that's really hitting the nail on the head that the utilities have to accomplish more with less resources and the automation and this monitoring and control technology is actually helping them to do that so if you think about like how the pump station monitoring happened all times or you know it's still happening in somewhere but less and less there is a crew is driving around and stops like they call it milk run they stop at every station write down how many starts has been you know what is the condition but think about this this is a you need that you know tandem of two people because of you know possible hazardous locations so they usually have two people in a car driving around just collecting the data. 
And if you could have this data system that Daniel was just elaborating about, you don't need those people. Like you can have these people doing something more when you need, you know, human intelligence, right? There is, there are other tasks than just, you know, going around and collecting data. That we can, we can use technology now to do that. And I think these types of solutions are desired by customers. Because of like everybody else, everybody's under pressure. And then we're also looking at, you know, resources in, in general. We have a generational change and we have operators uh, generation who used to do things certain way, but uh, the new millennials, new people, I think that's a completely different topic and I'm going out and tangential. But what I wanted to say is that it's kind of similar like with our cars, right? Like my father always used to fix the car. But now today's cars, we don't fix. We go to the dealer, they connect the computer to it and then they will do something. And I think that that's with all the technology and also going on a staffing that the people would not necessarily want to do this dirty work or hands or, or dirty work too much if we can prevent it or, or sure. get it more intelligent work. And, uh, right. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Sort of. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm just no. taking you off topic. No, you mentioned no, data systems, example. though. So, what other options are there for monitoring and controls in these types of installations? I mean, there's the, the Moss Ada one, mm -hmm. which is soon to be released here in a couple of weeks, which is going to be fantastic. Typically designed to monitor large pumps uh, okay. and do this black box analytics kind of thing. So, you're looking at all the parts of your pump, not just, you know, just health. Uh, but also to take it further to know like where are we going to go for like efficiencies and where are we going to go with maintenance to come with it as well because mm -hmm. um, now we're going to start like tinkering and tailoring pumps to do the best they can whereas before like I said you just it was a turn on and pump now we're really taking a deep dive to say like you know what this pump is not as efficient as it could be at this speed mm -hmm. we can raise or lower the speed and maybe there's an an issue with temperature like what happened in the design like there's a lot more we're going to take in and to go with more from less and the less part being is like we're now coming down to like merging products and making them a smaller footprint and so people can start making like a one portal access to look at everything in their system interesting wow. i feel like sometimes doing more with less gets kind of a negative connotation to it because it's kind of maybe implies taking a shortcut just because you have to or something, but in this case, it sounds like it's actually better in some cases if you if you don't need as much. You don't need as much pump. And it's pump also, also when you focus on that we need to do more, mm -hmm. and it's really the ratio what we are talking about. We're not saying that necessary that we need less resources because of the populations are growing, mm -hmm. and we just literally have to do more, period. But I, I hear you what you're saying, and that's you know, that's what is with the change, and yeah. it does cause and can it can cause anxiety in people that you know mm -hmm. how in the that's also goes with the new technology adoption, right? That is this machine going to replace a person? Right, right. So it's kind of an education on that front, like you're saying. It's not necessarily replacing; it's just doing a job that maybe a person shouldn't have to do anymore because we're getting smarter. 
Yes, yes. And that kind of ties into this uh, this morning we have like opening session when we, they were talking about exactly the same thing, the workforce, the workforce development, and then there are some kind of t- tedious repetitive tasks in industry in general that now can be trusted to machines and machines can be more efficient and also more safe because of a lot of, you know, when we're thinking about working with wastewater equipment, every time we need to pull this pump, you know, it has been in hazardous media and we don't really want to expose our people too many times to it. So whatever we can do to automate and kind of make this equipment last longer time so we don't have to be more reliable, we don't have to pull it so many times, mm-hmm. like that actually protects our people. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's like you say a lot, Crystal, there's no, there's no room to do anything. So everything has to have a smaller footprint for that reason too. There's just no there's less and less space in urban areas to put a big pump station or something like yeah, that, right? Daniel, what are you going to, you're going to add something here. I was going to add like a, a key point to like an operating strategy, less is more. That could be a person, that could be a product line. The conserter is a great way to look at it. Uh, the conserter can do a function of a five horsepower, seven, 10, up to 20 horsepower. That's a single pump. So previously it used to be five different series that you'd have to have extra parts on your shelf and you'd have to make sure do maintenance and then training for each one. Obviously there's similar strategies in each of that, but yeah. now like take all that off and you're going to have one or two pumps. By the way, it's the exact same pump. You just have to go out there and change the settings to it. So that's an operating strategy as well. And now your guys are messing with less product. They're more familiar because it's a single product they're working with. So if you're looking at energy efficiency and like operational savings or operational efficiencies is there one or the other that's more of a driver for your customers so are they coming to you saying hey we're hit with these regulations we need to like clamp down on energy consumption you know how can MNC help with that or are they coming to you and saying I just need to reduce my bills and so whatever you can do to help me save money that's what I want I think that's a it depends uh, uh, and that's because like there's um, one example is like the environmental aspects that we have to consider so like Hawaii is a very important customer because they have to be energy efficient they're on an island their resources aren't purely natural to their habitat so they're having to bring stuff in so they must be mindful of the energy consumption as well as other things that are taking place Different aspects of different countries, or I should say different areas of the U.S., may not have that high urgency efficiency thing. We still want to sell it to them because, you know, energy is probably the second thing next to water. And when we're talking about things that are most important in the world, energy from utility power and efficiency, that's something we're trying to sell because it's a limited resources that we're working with these days. So I think we're trying to push energy efficiency to everybody to know, like, you don't have to spend so much energy. It's going to save on your bill. And then it's also going to save everybody's bill over cost over time. Okay, but they're not. It's not like there's an overwhelming ask from customers generally for MNC from an energy consumption standpoint. I think it really depends. Like, and what we, what I have, what I have found is that the customers really see us 
as a full solution provider mm -hmm. that you know the automation obviously helps with but it's the operational piece is also very important in there and it really you know again saying it depends depends on also what are their goals and they might already yes. have a very efficient system in place and they might need the operationally they they have like a wider coverage so sure. It's, uh, yeah, there are different targets, but I would say that the both are important. Okay. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's really like that. Both are drivers, basically. Yes. I just didn't know if maybe one was more, like, prevalent when you're, you know, when they're talking to you about putting in M&C for their projects. I think they're equally balanced. I really do. Want to hear more about how we solve water? Check out In the Field with Gould's Water Technology, a new show in the Solving Water feed. Listen to Xylem experts and industry thought leaders discuss trending water topics, including residential wastewater, agriculture tech, and how Xylem is bringing clean water to Americans in need. Stream episodes of In the Field with Gould's Water Technology wherever you listen to Solving Water. So one note I had was um, predictive technology, and we didn't really get into it before we started recording too much. So can you describe a little bit, what's the, I mean, other than being predicted, if you can predict something that sounds good. So like, how does that actually work in like a real application? Sure. Um, actually, energy and efficiency is a very good predictive analysis. Okay. So like a car, the moment you drive it off the lot, you start to use it, where happens? Same things with bumps. You know, things are going to wear over time. You may take a few bumps in the road because things that go into the tank don't belong there. So, learning, we can actually monitor like specific energy or an efficiency uh, being like kilowatts energy. And we're able to take a look and say, like, all right, over time, I am not missing, or I'm missing the point, I'm not getting to where I need to be. So, what does that mean? Well, that could be like, I need to take a look at specific parts of the pump. Maybe it's how I operate the pump. Those are now starting to take a place into like, what am I looking for, like a maintenance aspect? Or like, how can I be, handle like high flows in situations as well? That's where we're taking it now. We're taking it from like, looking forward with the information we have to prevent things from happening in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And with, uh, Daniel mentioned before, this new product that we are coming to market on Mass 801, the Mass really means monitoring and status unit. And it's more used with a larger equipment and historically we monitored more on 100 horsepower and above pumps but now we are going somewhere 20 and above because of it's just so much more economical. Before it was so expensive but now it's reachable. But basically what we do with this mass system is that we monitor bearing temperature, we monitor current on you know on the stator windings, leakage, all different aspects of equipment basically. Like what is it's almost like you know, your blood pressure, blood sugar, and based on the results we can see that hey this this machine might need a maintenance soon. Historically this has been done like as a preventive maintenance. We say, okay, you need a preventive maintenance once a year. Once a year, somebody needs to pull the pump and see, is it running well? Having these new predictive tools, we have more data. We might know that the pump, maybe the bearings are running hot or the temperature is rising. 
it will tell us that, okay, I would need to schedule the maintenance, but now we have a piece of data kind of predicts that, okay, now we really need to do that. And it might extend the period of time between the maintenance. So maybe, you know, you do it only every second year or third year. I mean, it's, it's not a time sensitive, but the, but the maintenance will be done when it's needed, right, right. not just because of it's your it's annual checkup. Annual checkup, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. That's good. And now we have this, and also this data is collected in real time. So uh, same thing, like Daniel mentioned, specific energy, right? We can monitor it, and we, we look at trends. Like, for example, if specific energy goes up, and that's a bad thing, actually, because of you use more energy per pumped volume, right? If it goes up, you know, it might say that the components are aware, you know, they right. somewhere, because a pump needs to do more work now to pump the same amount of liquid. Or maybe there are some other abnormalities that we can monitor this over the time. Or maybe number of pump starts is going up, like pump you know, it's more cycling, you know, these are all pieces of information that tells us that, okay, something is happening in that system, now is the time we should go and pull it, and we can do it in a planned manner, because of, again, like, we are not waiting until it fails, but we see that there are some kind of trends that are going on, so we can schedule a maintenance call instead of, you know, doing it annually, or having a catastrophic failure, which like a Murphy's rule always happens in the middle of the night, national holiday, yeah. something like that, sure. snowstorm. And always. It's, it's, it's always something like that. And then, you know, you have to send out your crew in the middle of the night. It's maybe pouring rain and in the dark and hazardous, you know, again, you know. And that drives up the cost of the labor. Yes, yes, and putting people on risk. And you know that's that's the you know that's more and more we're looking into that that perspective that you know that of course the cost is important and then you know if you what if you don't have to go there right or you can schedule it and go go when it's when it's really right timing. So. I was going to ask what's next in the industry in terms of monitoring and controls, but it sounds like that's what's next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think. I think capitalizing it now. Like right now, there's a lot of collection. There's a lot of like, what's this information? What sure. can we do with this information? Yeah. And I, now I, it's, it's starting to change to like... Analysis. A, analysis of it. And then more, again, I, I don't want to use reaction, but more like early adoption and a more proactive movement. Yeah. So yeah, That's a great point. I mean, you can have all this data coming in, but now it's going to... That's like the, the human element, like you're saying, like actually analyzing the data and taking away something from it versus just like getting it all input you know you have to be able to interpret it right do you have an example of a, um, a municipality or something that's doing this really well that like successfully like started the process the right way reached out to you guys and you were like okay this is where we're going to start you have to make sure that this is integrated in your system this monitoring controls and they're really seeing some great results from that I think the project in what we have been doing in Hawaii is a good example because of they have also, I think that they had also some negative experiences in the past, what kind of is motivation to upgrade the systems. Uh, but now with the newer systems, they're learning more and more about that, really the advantages and benefits, what they can gain from it. 
and it's it's sort of things are in a process. I don't know that we have necessarily the results from there, but but we have you know previously we have done several projects even in we have a stations in Louisiana where was you know they they adopted our new like a smart run drives mm -hmm. and due to that they ended up doing much less maintenance those those were stations that they they had to go out like a once or twice a week to pull the pumps oh, wow. but in a combination with the flight the non clog in technology and the smart runs I haven't checked recently, but I know that we did a checkup in one or two years, and there there were no callouts, and they saved the energy savings were like sixty percent, and the, I think operational savings from four stations were like twenty thousand dollars per year, mm -hmm. just because of they did not have to go out there to pull the pumps. That's crazy. One thing like that, one little yeah. change makes such a big difference. I was just thinking, I did a project about um, a year or two ago. It was super cool. And it was a, a basically a remote control, a little bit of a custom to it, but basically a remote control through SCADA. And that was super cool because um, this guy was in western New York, and he gets the lake effect snow. And so what was happening is he would have to go do this one process at his treatment plant. Um, and it didn't matter when. If he got an alarm, he had to get up and go do it. So we bid him, won the bid, everything like that installed the equipment and then in one year in one year they had paid back all the costs they had put into the project just because he didn't have to go to site randomly throughout the night he was able to just pull out on his phone press a button watch the process start and take place and go back to sleep hail rain sleet snow he didn't have to do anything he was able to do it remotely wow that is cool yeah i mean just for not having to get out of bed that's a great yeah. <laughs> I think the case with that one was also because of the lake effect snow mm -hmm. close to Lake Erie and the, the yeah so they they sometimes they had to go when the storm was coming he had to stay mm -hmm. overnight in the station because of the accessibility if it was dumping too much like the roads are not accessible so he actually had to go and move into the bump station to ensure or the treatment plan to ensure that it actually operates right mm -hmm. yes Wow. Working overtime heavily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty dramatic. Yeah, it's a cool story for just like how much he puts into it, but you shouldn't have to do that. That's yeah. yeah. Well cool. We always end this, Crystal already did this, but we wanted to try the reuse beer since we're yeah. in the beer garden. So Yeah, I got um, two in front of me. Yeah, which one are you gonna choose? I'm gonna try the IPA actually. Okay. No. Amanda? I'm going to try the IPA because I tried the amber last Crystal, night. Crystal, you're going to retry it? Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thoughts? I think I like it better than the amber. You know, I'm not a big fan of IPAs, but I could drink this, actually. Wow. It's pretty wow. smooth. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. got a little hoppiness, but it's not insane. It's like a fruity flavor. Yeah. yeah. Like a fruity. Yeah. I was just kind of thinking about what fruit does it remind me. Yeah. I guess like... And like a healthy, like a, bittery, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it's very good. Doing a great job. Very refreshing. Good. Who would have thought this would have came from where it came from? <laughs> it's for a different episode. Yeah, well, it was this good book was... Uh, can't remember who the author was, but said that all the water that we drink has yeah. been dinosaur pee at least twice. <laughs> at least twice. So. At least twice. That is hey. pretty good. Yeah, I think it's I good for people to know that. I love that. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys both for joining us, Crystal and Daniel. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a good rest of your WEF check. Thank you for thank having you. us.